the first game of 21-22 is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Nashville Predators, they start us off on a sour note here against the Seattle Kraken. They give the Seattle Kraken their first win in franchise history. It was a kind of a scrappy, sloppy game, even though the score might indicate it was a highly offensive game with a lot of chances. No the final way. score does not indicate that at all, folks. It was Absolutely a really rough not. game. Welcome to Catfish and Ice Season 2, Episode 71, our first live instant reaction to a Preds game of the season. We're excited to be with you tonight. This is Chad Benton with Rich Howe. Rich, just give me your first impressions. How, how are you feeling right now coming out of that game? I don't like it, Chad. Back to you. No. Um, that's, uh, uh, that's some... That's some groundbreaking uh, cutting edge know, analysis right? from Rich Howe there. Um, man, just sloppy. Um, yeah, the sloppy. That's a good word for de- it. Lots of defensive lapses. Yes. Uh, bad, bad passing. Um, that that goal by Winberg, just standing there by himself. That was the nail in the coffin. Uh, even though the score wound up being four to three. Um, I saw some things I liked, but we'll get into it more. But just, it's disappointing, but I got to talk myself off the ledge because we said there were going to be growing pains, and that is exactly what this is. So. Yep. So, th- so uh, episode 71 here, I-, I totally agree with you, Rich. So, episode 71 mm-hmm. is going to be all about reacting to the season opener against the Seattle Kraken. We do have National Predators hockey to talk about. There was a lot of positives in the game as well. There were some good things. It wasn't all a train wreck, so we're not going to just sit here and act like it was. But in the end, it's a loss. There were a lot of really costly, unforced errors that yes. directly led to the Seattle Kraken. And I'm still going to give the Kraken a lot of credit because they played their game plan to a T. So you got to tip your cap to them in that regard. We're going to get much more into the game and break it down and really talk about what we saw, who stood out as far as some players, and get into all that. And then, of course, we cannot overlook Matias Eckholm getting his new contract, his well-deserved new contract with the Predators. He got a nice little pay raise. Uh, That kind of settles a big question mark that we had looming over this season, and it comes the day before the season opens up. So we really got to talk about that. And, of course, the whole NHL season is fully underway. Tuesday night was an awesome opening night for the league on ESPN, and then we've also seen the NHL on TNT, which was just – I like this. Wild TNC. It was so weird seeing NHL and TNT. But we're going to kind of talk about how, how yeah. do we think, you know, in our quick hitter segment, we're going to talk about do we think ESPN and TNT did a good job? We're going to kind of rate their performances. We're going to talk about some other teams that are really sticking out early on in these first few games we've seen around the league. And we're also going to update all of our listeners and a lot of our listeners who are in our fantasy hockey league with us. Let's talk. Me and Rich are going up against each other right now in a uh, in a battle that honestly kind of feels like the way the Seattle Kraken Predators game went. Like it's back and forth, back and forth. Every time I feel like I'm catching up to Rich in this game, this uh, fantasy hockey matchup, he just pulls ahead on me. So hey, we'll kind of update our listeners on our fantasy Definitely. hockey league. Yeah. So we yes, are presented crazy. by DraftKings. We are part of Hockey Podcast Network. Again, this is Chad Mitten with Rich Howe. Let's get into it. Let's talk about this game. The Preds lose. Four to three. Mm. And that final score really doesn't indicate how defensive of a game this was. I mean, if you just look at the final score, let's say you didn't get to watch the game. You're just now pulling up the 
the score on your phone. You might think, wow, a lot of offensive fireworks. UC Soros must have had a really bad game or whatever. <laughs> no, that does not tell the story at all. It was a very sloppy, defensive, not a lot of room on the ice, mm-hmm. not a lot of crisp passing going on out there. Um, a lot of dump and chase, a lot of four chasing the puck, four checking. The puck was bouncing all over the place. I was trying to figure out if the Preds were playing basketball or hockey tonight because the <laughs> yeah. puck was bouncing around so much. And every time you thought the Preds maybe were going to get some offensive, something set up, which was very few and far between. But when they did have that chance, that puck would bounce on them. I know there were a, there was an instance where I'm pretty sure the puck skipped over Duchesne's stick, I think, when mm-hmm. he had had a good yep. clear shot. It yep. was just one of those games where just nothing came smoothly. And to the credit of the Seattle Kraken, that's the style of game they want to play. Absolutely. They want to muck it up. They want to make it dirty. They want to make it look hard to watch. And they played their style perfectly, and, and, and it made it really hard on the Preds. I think at one point the Preds had five shots on goal in the second period. They, yeah, that, was that, their, was that was their shot total. Yeah. But they wound up catching up, but still they did. Hey, I want to give I want to give the Seattle Kraken some credit. Yes. Um, those, those dudes almost beat Vegas last night. And Vegas, they, they were down night. or yeah, on Tuesday night. They were down three to nothing and lost four three. Came yeah. back from and they from got robbed. Home. Let's be honest, they, they got robbed in that game by a kicked they goal. They they absolutely did. So I've seen people, I saw some people on Twitter saying, hey, this team that hadn't been playing together forever is beating the Preds and stuff. But, man, they're they're not slouches by any means. They're so. not slouches. And they, they no. what, what's, what, what's really impresses me about Seattle Kraken is, and I got to give their coach, his name's escaping me right now, but I got to give their coach a lot of credit. I got to give their yeah. coach a lot of credit. They are – they're in the second game of their franchise history, and they already appear to have a team identity. They know yeah. what they want to be. They're going to be really hard to play against, almost like how the Preds used to play for the longest time under Barry Trotz. Mm-hmm. They, the Preds used to play this way. Just make it ugly. Make it it's, – it's not flashy for TV. If you're trying to maybe turn on new hockey fans, they might think this is boring or there's not a lot going on. But when it comes to the Seattle Kraken, it seems to work perfectly for them. They were, they were suffocating the Preds. Every they time were. the Preds would get the puck in their zone and they would try to break out, into the neutral zone, it would just get like a stop sign. A wall was just built, and the Preds could not crack through it very often. Um, you know, the Preds – so even going to the Tolvanen goal, which which broke open the scoring first three minutes of the game, yeah, that was kind of a, uh, a sloppy – maybe mm-hmm. sloppy is not the right word because it was a pretty goal by Tolvanen, but that was one of those uh, gritty physical style goals where – you know, Granlin worked hard off the faceoff mm-hmm. to get the puck back, scooted it over to Cunning. Cunning got it to Tolvanen. It was like one of those blue-collar style goals. Absolutely. There, were, there weren't a lot of flashy styles goals or scoring chances for the Preds until late when they were making that final push yes. to get the tying goal. Yeah, and that – yeah, the third period, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to watch because it was like – yeah, I saw we kind of saw the same thing last year a little bit. Not not a good second period. Play yeah. from behind, got to come in the third and just turn it on. And they looked really good in the third period. Like they were knocking on the door. Uh, Seattle was tired. 
They kept icing the puck. Um, they just they just couldn't get it done. And it was the it was the the errors in the first period, and then that that one lapse where they got that mm-hmm. that easy goal. The Predators lost this game for themselves. It wasn't anything okay. amazing that Seattle did. It was it was the Predators lost this. But it's like we said, growing pains. It's going to happen. Any any win they get is probably going to be ugly this year. Uh, the only pretty goal the Predators got was Yossi's. That was a nice goal. That was, was a, that that was just that was just that was just classic Roman Yossi, right? With a and it was on a five on three. Let's be honest, exactly. that was on a five on three. Yeah, and that five on three was almost over. Like yes, it was. It I was mean, it was. Down. It wasn't even necessarily a, a gorgeous five on three. I mean, they were struggling to find room yeah. on the ice, even at five on three. They were having trouble getting away from the Seattle defenders. But credit to Yossi because that was a very pinpoint goal. Let's kind of go through chronologically here what happened. Tolvanen scores the initial goal, gets people all riled up really early. This happens within like the first three minutes of the game. You're playing with the lead, which was one of my keys to victory for Predlines. When I wrote my keys to victory was play with the lead. So they checked that one off. You know, it was a good goal by Tolvanen. It was pretty. Beats Grubauer. That's not an easy goaltender to beat in that situation. Absolutely not. And he beat him. And so credit to uh, credit to him for that. And then after that, though, it kind of just it, – it, it was almost like a drop in the bucket there because, honestly, the Preds just could not it, – it was like they were in quicksand. They just could not get loose. And then when yeah. they did get loose, Seattle was there to block a shot, steer it out of trouble – they were there to clog up lanes, intercept passes, or you get these bouncing pucks that seem to really mm-hmm. plague the Preds as well tonight, where they just couldn't really settle the pass down, you know. And mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it was just a, it was kind of like a recipe of, of all those things going on at once. And uh, so it was really hard, yeah. But they, they made that. I do appreciate the fight that the Preds brought there towards the end. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so they're down three to two. Saros uh, kind of got hung out to dry. It was a wide open net, kind of a defensive breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Tanev, Brandon Tanev, was wide open on the other side of the net and just had an open oh, goal. Oh, that was that was Winberg. Was that Winberg? Winberg got that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't remember who the who the defensive lapse was on. Everybody said it was. Harper. Some people said it was Tomasino. Where's out of position? But well, there was there on every goal they scored tonight. It was a uh, it was a breakdown. Uh, I know that I know that the uh, first goal was kind of a, a kind of a product play. of yeah, it was on the power play and Sissons mm-hmm. got beat. Yeah, he kind of got caught flat footed. So I mean, yep. it, there's enough blame to go around here. It's not one player that that, no. that it, it's kind of a team effort. When it yeah. came to a lot of uh, costly turnovers, Cousins had had a costly turnover that didn't end up burn them, burning them. Sissons had a turnover. Tomasino, you could see how Tomasino was undersized out there. Oh yeah, like, I mean Definitely. he was. He looked. I mean, I'm not taking. I thought he had a decent game for his first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he struggled to find some some room out there. He he kind of got a really hard lesson in how hard this is going to be to transition. And I yep. seriously got some early Ellie Tolvanen vibes mm-hmm. from Tom. Because yeah, Tolvanen ran into the same issue when he first came into the league. He we knew how talented he was. We he was on he was right up he had the same type of buzz around him as Tomasino has around him right now. 
And, and it was a slow development for, for Tolvanen as well. And mm-hmm. time will tell if Tomasino can shoot up even faster than Tolvanen did, but it's going to be a slow process. We got to be patient. We got to take the, the, the growing pains with this, as you said, Rich. And then what do you know? Tomasino actually showed us a flash of his mm-hmm. offensive brilliance yeah. there towards the end of the game and nearly, nearly tied the game. He got it to Tolvanen, I believe, and, told, and forced and Tolvanen yeah. forced Grubauer to make one of those Vesna Trophy type of saves, clutch saves. Yeah. And Grubauer stood tall. Yep, he did. Uh, Duchesne got a, a a shot that hit the yes. post. Yeah, um, and like we said, you know they're gonna fight. They're gonna fight. Have to fight for anything they get. And like if you look at even the goal that Granlin got. Um, that was that was just like him fighting to get it in there. Like it wasn't anything yeah. pretty. Like it was a rebound and he and he got it in. But um, just yeah, they're gonna have to do some shifting around. Um, and that's kind of uh, honestly, that's kind of the that's kind of what we expected going into the season. That's this is what we said. We said the Preds are gonna have to be one of those blue collar, hardest working teams on the ice because there's gonna be a lot of occasions where they're not the more talented team on paper. The, yes, exactly. And, and to, honestly, in a game like tonight, I call it a wash. I don't think Seattle's roster is any more talented on paper no. than ours. If anything, call it a toss-up. But there's going to be a lot of occasions. And, and guess what? The Preds are getting ready to play the Hurricanes yeah, in their next game. Right. And, yeah, yes, the exactly. talent gap is going to be up there on that one. So my point is there's going to be a lot of games where the Preds are the less talented team on paper, and they're going to have to make up for that by being the hardest-working team on the ice and also be the team that plays the most disciplined. Yes. Now, the power play, now, those yes. penalties that they took were uh, not good. I, I understand what Yakov training was trying to do with the fight or whatever. And it, um, we're talking can, about a fight though. That was yeah, a hell oh, of a man. fight. Whew. I, wow. yeah, Trenton, Trenton, man. I don't know. He's, he's like a crazy man, but uh, he is. I can see what I, I can understand that one so much, but then, uh, Carrier, I think, tripped somebody, and that that was kind of not a good one. And then that one where um, the Kraken committed a penalty, and then Forsberg got called for something, yeah. and they went to four on four. I just didn't understand. It was a that. weird sequence, but I got I tell you that was kind of a major shift in the game right there because you felt mm-hmm. like the Preds were kind of controlling things. They were up one nothing. They were. They had a lot of momentum. Sissons takes a brutal hit, which was a legal hit. Mm-hmm. It was. There was there was nothing dirty about that hit. Yeah. Uh Sissons kind of got caught with without his head on a swivel and got and got flattened. Yep. And Yakov Trenin took uh took um took that to heart and, yep. and challenged uh Vince Dunn. And what a what a fight that was. They oh, both man. trade blow traded blows. I will give Trenin the slight win in that fight. Yeah. But both he, both guys got their shots in. You saw Trenin go immediately down the tunnel. <clears throat> After yeah. that fight, but the crowd was energized. The Preds are up one nothing, but it turns out to be a two minute power play for Seattle because uh, Trennan got the roughing penalty because he was the instigator, yep. and it was a fair call. I'm not going to oh, complain totally. about that penalty, <laughs> and that's the cost that you say. That's the cost you take when you do that. If you're mm-hmm. going to be one of those types of teams, and what have I said, Rich? What did I say going into the season? I said this team, the way they play with this chip on their shoulder, it's a good thing. It can help them a lot, but it's a double-edged sword. They're going to take a lot of penalties, and if they're going to play this way and if this is going to be their style, they better be good on the penalty kill. 
yeah, unfortunately, was- unfortunately, they gave up two quick power play goals to Seattle, and that was the difference maker in this game. That changed everything. It did. Um, yeah, you have to be able to back it up if you're going to exactly. go out and be the instigator and stuff like that. Um, that's definitely the, – the stupid penalties is definitely something they need to work on. The defensive laps where, where Winberg got that goal, I mean, obviously they're going to work on that, but I don't know. That seemed a little fluky to me, but um, – Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just – there, there were bright spots, but it, yeah. it wasn't all bad. I don't it, think it's know. like a complete dumpster fire of a loss no. by any means. No. I think there's a lot of – you can pull some optimism out of this game. It's one game of 82, so Absolutely. I don't need to see all these people saying, I knew this team was going to be horrible, or I told no. you so. I told you this team was yeah. going to be one of the worst. I'm yeah. not buying into all that. It's one game of 82, right. and they played against a team, as you said, that took Vegas to the brink. And honestly, yep. got robbed of that game. They did, uh, and yes, so, so there's a lot you can take from this game to feel good about it because the Preds did not play their best capable game. No, we've seen them play. I, well I can, I can guarantee you, uh, when we see uh, John Hines' press conference, he's probably going to allude to the fact that the team did not play their best style of hockey. And yet they Absolutely. up to their potential, I would I should say their full potential. And yet they still had a chance to push this to overtime there at the end. They came this close against a Seattle team who I feel is going to be in the playoffs. Oh yeah. I, I think mean, they I think like, if they, they I really do. I think they're gonna be that type of team. They can they can uh play their style and be very well coached. And they've got an outstanding goaltender in oh, Philip yeah. Grubauer, and they got Dreger as his backup. Absolutely. So they're going to be fine. Seattle's going to be a good team. They're going to be a very quality team. And the Preds still almost pushed this game to overtime despite having some really bad mistakes, on unforced yeah. errors on their yeah, part that just, directly led to Seattle goals. Yeah, and it and it seemed like um, the first line, Duchesne, Johansson, and um, uh, Forsberg were having a hard time getting anything going. Yeah. As well, and that's that. They got to figure that out really fast. I mean, Forsberg, I Forsberg game. had Forsberg had an assist in the game, but other than that, I mean, he was pretty much kept in check. Forsberg didn't get Forsberg did not get a lot of room. Um, I think Johansson had maybe one or two good scoring chances. One was like a tip in yep. that he almost redirected in. Yep. Duchesne, as you said, uh, had a really near scoring chance, narrowly missed it there yep. at the end when they were trying to get that tying goal. Um, so they showed some flashes, but yeah. they did not get the sustained offensive no. pressure where they were moving the puck around or where they looked comfortable. You didn't see much of any of that. And again, mm-hmm. give Seattle credit for playing a very good defensive game in that regard. Uh, how about Granlin? Granlin with a three-point night, two assists oh, and yeah. that late goal. So yeah. Granlin had a really strong game. The whole second line had a really – Strong game, if you think about yep. it. The second mm-hmm. line of Tolvanen, Granlund, and and Cunning had a very very strong game. Cunning almost got a goal as well. Cunning had the assist on Tolvanen's goal, and Granlund had the assist as well. And then, I mean, you're looking, you're going down the list. Granlund assisted on Roman Yossi's uh, power play goal, and then Granlund scores there at the end. Uh, Forsberg actually had two assists in this game. I didn't see oh, that he, he assisted yeah, on Granlund's yep. goal as well. So, I mean. You know, there's some good things here. This isn't a complete, just all, all for not, just no. embarrassing loss by any means. 
the fact that they didn't play their best game and they still had every opportunity to get that game tied up there at the end is yeah. is somewhat encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they could just play like they did in the third period, I mean, they they actually put the clamp down on Seattle in the third period. Like I don't I think they only got like two or three shots maybe. Um that's how they have to play every Well, period. I think that was also a product of Seattle's style. I think they were right. choosing to play a very, very conservative right. style right. of hockey yeah. there at the game. They were sitting back and daring the Preds to do something. They yeah. were they were they were the opposite of a team like the Hurricanes, actually. They were very yeah. content on sitting back, building that wall, and saying, please, we dare you to break through this wall. And yeah. every time the Preds would try to Seattle would corral the puck and knock it right back down. Yeah. Or they would That's intercept true. the pass. Right. They would po- they would narrowly poke check it out of the zone and then the Preds would have to go out and reset. It was like yeah. it was like it was like rinse and repeat. And it was yeah. hard to watch, honestly. It was so frustrating to watch. Very it. frustrating. But I, I like, guess I would say instead of putting the clamp down, I guess a better term would be play with the intensity that they yeah. had. You know what I mean? But every time, every time I felt of them being behind, then that, yeah. that, that's solid. That's what they do. I felt like I felt like every time the Preds took a step forward, they Seattle would force them to take three steps yeah. back. That's kind of how I felt about it all night. I but agree. like I said, it was still there for the taking. It was still very much where the Preds could have done something. Ellie yeah. Tolvanen gets the third star of the game. Uh, Alex Winberg gets the first star of the game for Seattle, and Jared McCann gets the second star. So Tolvanen gets the third star of the game. Uh, so that's cool to see. Shots end up being uh, favored by the Preds, which is yeah, insane to think about. It's crazy Especially to think about the fact that the Preds ended up finishing with 30 shots on goal considering they right. had four shots on goal going into the second period. And for a good chunk of the second period, they only had five shots on goal for the yep. whole game. Yep. So they really did turn it on there at the end. They did, um, and when you have, and that's when you have a a, a goaltender like a world class goaltender like Philip Grubauer. That's again what makes Seattle such a good team, uh, a very high quality, worthy playoff contender. Is not only do they have a very strong defense, but when they do occasionally make a mistake, they've got Philip Grubauer back there to bail them out. So yeah. that's kind of what the Preds ran into tonight. Soros had a good game though. Um, you know, he did. I, I he mean, had, it wasn't like the stuff that happened wasn't his fault. You know, I mean, and I feel like we always kind of go back to that. If, but you're right. I mean, you know, it's you're it right sucks. because let's <laughs> let's kind of look it over here because because uh, Seattle's fourth goal is an empty net goal. The first goal was really honestly. Let's be honest, Dante Fabro. I don't know where he was at. I don't know where he, what he was doing. He looks kind of lost out there, and he ended up screening Soros. Yes. By accident, so but it's a product of not knowing where the puck's at is what I see from it. He looks kind of lost out there. He's kind of in no man's land. He yeah. really did. He was kind of skating without a purpose. Mm-hmm. And he ends up inadvertently uh, screening Soros. Soros couldn't see the puck. I guarantee you if, I, if Fabro's not in that spot, oh. Soros snags that. Oh, absolutely. Because it's yeah, honestly, it was kind of a weak, it was kind of a weak goal. It, it was. really was. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it was kind of a weird goal where Soros couldn't see it. And, yeah, so that's yeah. a rough one to take on the chin right there to, to start with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel bad for him. I mean, he, he still looked good even though, you know, the, the problems that they had. But, 
you know, we we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to be we, part of yeah, going to be part I mean, of what's so, going to happen on this season. Yeah. So Saros finishes with twenty two saves on twenty five shots. So when you look at the box score, it's it's pretty underwhelming. But we mm-hmm. always know there's a story behind the box score, and sometimes the box score does not do it justice for what actually happened. And yeah. that's definitely the case here. Uh, some other big totals here from the game. Um, Preds Preds won the faceoff circle. Yep. Uh, they they yeah. connected on the power play. They're good at that. Uh, penalty minutes were eleven to eleven. <laughs> uh, Sar, uh, the, the Kraken had 22 hits to the Preds, 16 hits. Uh, both teams had 12 block shots. Really, when you look at the stats, it's a pretty even game. I mean, it's it really was an even, even game. game. I mean, I, yeah. I think it was even. It wasn't – neither neither team played stellar. I mean, it's just – it was just an ugly game. I mean, it was all the way around, it was just ugly. Yep. So, it's very even. But to put it in perspective, you got to look at it like this. I mean, I know people are upset the Preds lost and, or whatnot, but – Think about this. Tampa Bay is 0-2, and they lost to Detroit. I know so you love that. How, imagine how their fans are feeling right now. You know, we got Kyle Perkins in the chat here, and he says, fire Ben Harper into the sun. Yes, everybody. Yeah, I saw ben a lot Harper's of kind of the, Ben Harper's kind of the, uh, the whipping bag, the punching bag for – uh, and I'm yeah. not saying that it's not deserved because he he, <laughs> I just I, I think it reiterated what everyone is already saying when they saw the starting lineup this morning. Ben Harper does not bring much value to the team. Mm-hmm. He's just a big body. He's a statue. He's a traffic cone. Uh, people use all different types of terms for um, uh, for uh, describing uh, Ben Harper. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I th- I don't know who whose assignment the the Winberg goal like who missed that assignment, but everybody just automatically assumed that it was Harper, and it might have been. Yeah. I, I can't I couldn't tell who who it was. Some people said Tomasino, but yeah, just uh, yeah, he's not a fast skater. He just kind of takes up space. I would have definitely went with Benning or Borowiecki. I mean, I I would not play Harper Saturday probably if it was if well, I was and coaching. and. And I'm telling you that third pairing is going to be a revolving door like it's been for years now. It's going to I see it happening again. And I'm telling you right now, it's not going to take long before John Hines is going to have to seriously consider bringing up David Ference or Jeremy Davies. Yeah, oh, I agree. Um, but I definitely I'm right there with you, Rich. I actually think that Hines has to. There's no, he shouldn't even be thinking twice about it. <laughs> John Hines needs to put someone else in on that third yeah. pairing. Yep. Hell, I would even venture to say even scratching uh, uh, Dante Fabro because he did yeah. not have a particularly strong game either. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm just going to yeah, call it like I see it. Yeah, and towards the end, um, I don't know if you noticed, I heard him say that um, they actually moved Carrier down to the second line and moved uh, Myers up with Yossi. I thought, Phil, um, I thought Philippe Myers had a decent game. I, he, yeah. Yep. He, he did I mean, some good things. He, I, yeah. So I from what I, he he he's hard to miss because he wears that big cage on his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he sticks I, out. But I, I thought Fleet Myers boy. had a decent game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Carrier was all right out there. Uh, Eckholm Eckholm nearly scored on his patented little. He likes to like do this little sweeping puck into the into traffic, and he scored a yeah. lot of goals that way. He, sure he Grubauer had to be sharp on one of those. 
uh, one of those oh, types of scoring yep. chances for Ekholm. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, that third pairing it continues to be just a mess in this game. And so, I honestly, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing both Fabro and Harper switched out. Let's let let's like shuffle some things up here and let's see what works. I'd be okay with to. putting Borowiecki and Benning in there. Let's see how yeah. they do on yeah, Saturday I mean, against the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, they, when they first came, that's they were actually playing together. Yeah, so and I, I don't, I don't think that's, I actually don't think that's going to happen at all. No, I, I'm sure Fabro will be in the lineup, but <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I think Hines seriously has to consider uh, at least taking Harper out and putting someone else in there and seeing if they can provide a spark because that is such a glaring weakness on this team right now. Very much so, as it's, it's as hard. it's as it's been for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the what. Like the the slow skating is what gets me. Like they're just I don't know the whole team. Like I was noticing it. Like they just don't get to the puck quick enough. You know, they kind of yeah. let it linger and then and then get. They to looked it. like they were Harper, in quicksand. Let's be. Harper they looked, bad they looked like they were in quicksand. They sure did. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, just I don't know. There just wasn't any sense of urgency. It's like if the puck's sitting there and you're just kind of casually skating over to it, you're not going to get it. Like you you, you got to like. Have some urgency and get to the puck. I don't know. Exactly. Harper's and so, I mean, for for how bad they played and how underwhelming they were, the fact they still had a chance to win this yep. game, I'm, I'm going to look at the glass half full here. Absolutely. And I guarantee Same. you that every player in that locker room is probably thinking, you know what, we did not play our best game tonight. We need to play much better. And they better play much better because they're playing against a much better team on Saturday against the Carolina Hurricanes. And if you make costly mistakes like that against the Hurricanes, they will run the Preds out of the building on Saturday. They will. Yeah, I mean. And that game's also at home here in Nashville. And I promise you, fans will be leaving the game early if they play this way again against the Carolina Hurricanes. It will be a four to zero type of game. I hate that, though. You know, it's like. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, oh, I'm not getting. Make, I'm not making excuses for leaving the game early and yeah. being a fair weather fan. I'm it's saying different. it's going to be. It's going to be that type of game if they don't clean up these mistakes. Right. Here. Okay, I get you. I got you. It, yeah. It's one thing. It's one thing to play a more talented team and just get beat, but you played your best game. It's another right. thing when you don't play up to your potential to no to no reason to, of the other team. It's because you didn't play your best right. potential game. And then you still get beat. That's when it. That's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, and so, so they got some things. They got some things to clean up before they play Carolina this Saturday. Yeah, absolutely do. And Carolina but, won tonight. But as it is, Preds lose four to three. They get the, they get an empty net goal there to make. At, well, the the Kraken get an empty net goal. It was four yep. to two. Granlin gets a quick goal there to give us a chance there right at the end, last seconds of the game. But it ends up being four to three. So, turn the page to Carolina. Uh, we got Carolina twice. No, no, no. Wait, wait. No, I'm looking no, at no. Carolina. Then we go to LA. We get to see Victor Arvidsson. Yeah, they're coming. That's, here. Our, that, that's our next two games, and these are all these are all at home. It's a four game homestand to open the yeah. season. So, yeah. So then the, the first away, there. the first away game, they're going to play Winnipeg, and then Minnesota. And then they have San Jose and the Islanders to wrap up October. So, yeah, so so a pretty yeah. tough. Honestly, that is a really yeah. tough opening. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that it is. A, I that mean, is a tough. 
LA is going to be a very improved team. I don't think they're a playoff team, but a very improved team. New York Rangers are in a lot of people's books to take a big step forward. They lost to the Stars tonight, but they're they're a team that's penciled in to take a big leap forward. We Winnipeg's my second best team in the division, if you ask me, yep. behind Colorado. <laughs> Minnesota's another team up there at the top. San Jose, that's about the that's about the only game where I see the Preds being a favorite in. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's 100%. <laughs> maybe L.A. I guess you could maybe argue that the Preds would be a favorite against maybe. L.A. And then the Islanders, no, definitely not a favorite in that game. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it, it will. But, but this is why we love hockey. This is why we're happy the season comes back because that's yeah. this is why you play the games. And so, yeah. here we go. Let's get into our next segment. This is Episode 71 of Catfish on Ice, Season 2 with Chad Minton and Rich Howe reacting to our first game of the 2021-22 season. It's here, and it's it's still awesome wow. to be talking about hockey, even though the Preds did lose. We got a long season ahead. It's just game one of, of 82. So let's pump the brakes, everybody. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, it'll be all right. Uh, take a deep, take a deep breath. It's gonna be okay. And even if things do turn out bad, it'll still be we're, okay. And we're still here for you. We Absolutely. will still be here for you. You still got yeah. us, even if the Preds yeah. keep keep losing. Yeah, all right. See this, let's get it. Let's these get jersey? Into- See this jersey we got? We love the oh, Preds. Yeah. Those things are expensive. They I wouldn't have spent my money on them if I didn't let, like. Let's the let's get back to uh, let's get back to uh, some more positive news here. Absolutely, and that is Matthias Eckholm getting his new contract. The man yeah. got a well-deserved pay raise. He did, and it um, happened right before the season opened. It happened the day before the season opener, and Eckholm has been drastically underpaid for a while now because he initially signed a really long-term deal back in, I want to say what year was that? 2015, I believe. Uh, Yeah. I don't remember. Somewhere around there. And so so. he was, he was playing on a very team friendly deal for a while. So everyone knew that there was a realistic chance that Ekholm was going elsewhere. We thought it was going to happen at the trade deadline last season. Yep. And the Preds decided, you know what? We got cold feet on this whole sellers thing. We're not going to do that. And yeah. so they kept Ekholm, and then they got this deal done. <laughs> Ekholm seems very happy about it. He said he's says he wants to grow up in Nashville. Not grow up, but you know what I mean. He wants to stay in Nashville. He wants to raise his family in Nashville. Him and his wife love Nashville. He wants to be an impact not only on the ice, but off the ice in the Nashville community which is just when you hear stuff like that, that is true leadership stuff right there. And yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I, I'm more happy for Ekholm than I am for the predators. If that makes sense. No, it totally team. makes sense. I because mean, like, he, he, he deserves it. it. He, he so deserves, deserves it. it. He is. Yeah. And I do forget about how we feel about the whole front office part of it. Like, is this the right move? Should we be rebuilding? I'm thinking about it from the human aspect of it. I'm thinking about it from the loyalty aspect of it. And it's really awesome to see the Preds organization do right by a player that's done right for you for so long. And that's what I get out of this. I think it's, it's basically David Poyle saying, Matias, you have been a foundational player for this organization. You've been nothing but a classy strong representative of this organization, and we are going to treat you. We're not going to be cheap about it, and we're going to take care of you. And yep. 
So kudos to them. You can knock the decision from a front office perspective saying we shouldn't have done this, but you've got to keep some core players. You can't just completely yeah. rip the whole thing down. Oh yeah, absolutely. And why would unless you, you unless you're unless you're prepared to be as bad as the Sabers or the Coyotes for the foreseeable future, you've got to keep some of these players for for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, so Matias Ekholm fits into that equation. He does, yeah, and it's it's really good. Like if you think about it, like he could have obviously went to several places and went to probably some teams that have legitimate shots at you know Stanley Cup. But like he sees something in Nashville, maybe that we don't see, or our fans in general don't see. Maybe he sees the team. You know, this is a building block. This season will be to, to something better in the future. And I really liked. I don't know if you got to watch the uh, press conference or whatever, but they actually asked him about uh, when he was when they were talking about trading him last season. And he said after practice one day, he just went up to Poyle's office and was like, "Hey man, are you trading me or what?" I didn't see that. He was like, yeah. I, I, what's going on? And, and Paul said, that's just the media. He said, like, we're not going to get rid of you. So even then they knew that they weren't going to keep or that they were going to keep him. So it's good to see it's, it doesn't happen very often in hockey, as you know. Um, a, lot of, a lot of player move, uh, player movement all the time, but it's, it's good to see him uh, stay in here. I like it a lot. He's one of I my favorites. Well, here, here's, the, here's the details of the, of the uh, new contract. Uh, a four-year, $25 million contract uh, that goes to the 2025-26 season. So, And, and here, here's the big part of this. There is a no-move clause in this. Oh, there is? Yeah, there's no – Oh, there, there is. There's no no-move clause. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. he could he could be dealt. He could, yeah. Paul doesn't like to give those out, um, which yeah. – understand it it's understandable and i like so, the i like the four years i mean he's yes. 31 years old so. yeah stay away from those uh long-term contracts right yeah absolutely 6.25 million dollar annual average value so uh, it's not a high risk contract and i think a lot of that has to do with his age yeah if I he was so if too. he was a little bit more in his prime that he would obviously uh <laughs> demand a lot more of an annual average right. salary, but regarding his age, but a player like Ekholm, I don't see him dwindling down too much. The style he plays. No, I mean, he's, it's not like, it's not like he relies on speed too much in his game. He relies on no. being a smart, rugged player. He, he takes the body. He's smart. He's a leader on the ice. He's a great locker room presence. He can also still bring you some offense as well. So he does a lot of little things. Well, and like you said, he's just a great presence in the locker room, especially yep. for a young team like the Predators. And they need every bit of leadership they can get. <laughs> here's what here's what here's what Poyle was quoted as saying. This is on the National Predators website. Quote: When you think about fi- fi- foundational pieces on our hockey team, Matthias Ekholm is certainly at the top of the list, and we couldn't be happier to get this deal done with the start of the regular season upon us. An alternate captain who leads both vocally. And by example, Matias brings stability and size to our defensive core and has embraced serving as a mentor to the younger players on our team. We have a group of young right-shot defensemen that include Alexander Carrier, Philippe Myers, Dante Fabro, and Matt Benning, who all have the opportunity to learn from and play with Matias on the side opposite of him. So that that right there just pretty much illustrates it, that Ekholm, 
is mainly being kept here with this new contract by Poyle because he's a leader. Yep. And we need leaders on this team. In a bad way. <laughs> and you don't you don't let leaders like that get away, especially on a deal like this, which is a very it's a really a good deal for both sides. No, it is. Yeah. I'm because Eck Eckholm gets a pay raise and the Preds get a bargain and get to keep a key part of their team. Yeah, I'm glad they got it taken care of before the season, actually, the first game or whatever. I think he was really – like, if you listen to the press conference, he was kind of like, yeah, now that this is done, I can go just play hockey and I don't have to worry about this. That's good. Even though, even though he had, like, a whole year before his contract was up, he just wanted to get it taken care of so he can go play hockey. So now they need to get Philip Forsberg signed, and that'll be good. <laughs> Which I right. think that's going to be a lot more difficult. I I am not sold on that whatsoever. And if you honestly made me bet right now on it one way or the other, I would say that Philip Forsberg is going to not be here next year. Uh, Sadly. 60-40 on that. I agree. Yeah. I'm like 80-20 on that. I do not feel good about him at all staying here long term. But we'll (laughs) see. But we'll see. Here's here's what I put out to Twitter uh, right after Ekholm got signed. And it was honestly a very – genuine question that I had and it got a lot of responses on Twitter and I'm going to share some of the responses I I put. I do have an honest and genuine question for Preds fans who wanted a full rebuild. Does re-signing Matias Ekholm fit into your plans? Because this isn't a full on rebuild. In fact, we should probably just stop using that term from now on. The pressure is to produce again. And all I really mean by that is we can't keep leaning on this excuse of, the Preds are rebuilding. It's going to be a rough year. We've even been we've even said that a couple times mm-hmm. on this show. I I'm done with all that. It's it's yep. you can't call it a rebuild anymore. This ain't no rebuild. There's no excuse <laughs> for Poyle. I don't want to hear people fall back on that excuse if this team's un- underperforms because they are pretty much showing us that they Poyle's showing us that yeah he might want to fine tune this team and make some changes, but. He's not rebuilding. How many new players played tonight that hadn't played before? Two. There you go. <laughs> it's yeah. no longer. It's, you can't call it. A, you cannot call that a rebuild at no. all. So yeah. I, yeah, I don't want us to fall back on it. Uh, Rich, you said during the press conference, Poole even said he wished he had never said competitive rebuild. He said that he wished he would have used the word transition. Yeah. Okay. So the pressure is to produce here, though, like you said. Uh, Tyler on Twitter says, re-signing Ekholm only makes sense if we had kept Ellis. We can't keep trading valuable players to only re-sign others. At this point, the team is just treading water. Poyle needs to make up his mind to make a run or rebuild. I I get what he's saying there. I do, because I do feel like we're kind of straddling the fence here of what we want to do. And when it comes to a long-term plan, I don't, I can't get on board with Tyler's message about uh, trading away valuable players. I love Ryan Ellis. He's one of the great all-time predators, but he is declining. And I don't think the Preds would have gotten much value by keeping him. If anything, his trade value would have kept going down. Yeah, And so I think the Preds got what they could have gotten out of him, which is a young offensive talented player like Cody Glass. And, uh, you got Philippe Myers, who played a yep. vital role on the second defensive line tonight, and I thought played fairly decent. Yep. So, I mean, I can't get on board with the, that po- that that point from Tyler, but I do like I do kind of agree with him in, in the sense of 
Poyle's got to figure out what what he wants to do here. Does yeah. he want does he want to keep kicking the can down the road and be a playoff team, but probably not make it past the first round, or does he want to rip the bandaid off, like you like to say, I Rich? I don't think he's going to rip the bandaid off. He wants to keep that bandaid on. I think so. I mean, you All look right. at you look at. I don't know. I just kind of had a little bit of a, a thought about this whole thing, and it's like I don't know how many years it's going to take. But while the Predators are anchored with Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson's contracts, I don't see him being able to do much. Um, That's true. They're, they're not going to get – because of those two guys, they, they make elite money, but they're not elite players. And, you know, most teams have two or three, like, really elite players. Yes. Two, you know – those are those two guys are taking up money for elite players and they're not. So yeah. Paul might be gone by the time you're hitting that you're hitting the nail on the head there with that one. And Paul also, Martin, let's be honest, let's be really honest. Let's be really honest here. How many truly elite players do the Preds have on this team? One. one. And that's Roman Yossi. Yep. We would like to think that Philip Forsberg will one day get to that that point. It's not going to happen in a Preds know. uniform. I hate to say it. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope you are too. Uh, let's get to let's get into more of these responses I got in this question because I got yeah. a really a lot of good thank responses. You. So thank you everyone who responded to that question because I thought it was a really. I knew I was going to get responses all over the board here, and that's kind of what I got. Um, Evan on Twitter says it fits into the competitive rebuild narrative. Also, he's a great tradable asset at a reasonable. AAV, if they truly do decide to go into a full rebuild mode at some point fairly soon. L. Briggs on Twitter says, re-signing Eckholm makes sense. He is a good leader and mentor for the young D. Yossi is a freak of nature. Eckholm gives the kids an example of solid physical to a D. That's kind of what Poyle said. Yeah. So Briggs is is spot on there. Um, let's see. We've got some other good ones here. Vincent. Falcone on Twitter says a full rebuild was not necessary nor possible. Too much AAV with Joey and, and Dutchie. Selective subtractions and inserting inserting some youth in size is was the path forward. Uh, a lot of good stuff here. VJ Mueller, which is I, I talk to him a lot on Twitter. He's very yeah, active man. on Preds Twitter. Uh, he put, in my opinion, yes. Part of any good rebuild is having at least a few good veteran players that can help teach the younger players what it's like to be an NHLer. Ekholm totally fits that bill. And I kind of agree with VJ there. Like that kind of that's kind of what I was trying to say is Ekholm, you got to keep some foundational players in this mix. Yeah. And so that's kind of yeah, where I fit at, in. But it's a tough question to answer. It really is. It is. But if you look at the 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 people who you do want to keep, the who are the leaders? Yossi, obviously, uh Ekholm, you know, those are the those are the kind of guys that you want to be the leaders, and those are the guys yeah. you want to hold on to. It, like you said, if you go full blown rebuild, you're going to look like Buffalo. You're going to look like Arizona, um, and yeah, I, I think that would be horrible. And who, no and who knows? No and, and, if they, and if they do go full on rebuild, who knows how long they're going to be stuck in that? And our fans yeah. who are fans who are beating the drum for a full on rebuild, are they prepared and are they patient enough no. to make no. it through four or five years of no. purgatory? You're on Preds Twitter, you know. You know that they're not even that. they're not even patient enough to make it through one period without booing. No, yeah, absolutely. the boobers the boobirds were out tonight at the first intermission. 
yeah. of the first yeah. game of 82 games. Yeah. My so comment, they're de- yeah. So they're my, definitely not patient enough to make it through a full-on rebuild. So yeah. my comment I don't about know. The, the pressure to perform, not only is it on the team, it's fan pressure. You you know how it is. Like they the, I don't know, it's it's hard to explain, but like the fans got a little bit of taste of what they wanted. They got rid of some guys. Uh, that made people mad. Uh, they brought in some younger guys. Uh, you know, they got what they wanted, but but now the pressure to perform is on again. People aren't going to be happy with with what's going on. So, and they also got a, they also got a taste of what it looks like to see a young rebuilding team that's going to make costly mistakes. Absolutely, and it's going to be ugly at times. Uh, real quick to wrap up this segment again, Eckholm gets his contract though. Four years, $25 million. Keep him here for 2025, 2026. Uh, we did a poll question. Does the new Matias Ekholm contract make you feel better, worse, or the same about where the Preds are heading in the next four years, which is the length of his contract? Uh, didn't get a ton of votes on this, but uh, better was 52%. Worse was 15%. And the same was thir- 33%. Uh, we got Max Greenberg, one of our fellow Pride Lines <coughs> contributor, who said better, got one of our better players at a great price, shows that we can be good enough to still get players to resign and potentially come here as a unrestricted free agent destination in the future. So there you have it with that. So let's move into our quick hitters of episode 71. And let's start off. We're going to kind of go around the NHL here and see some what's all going on here. Uh, we've got uh, some good things going on with that. We've also are about to update you on our fantasy hockey results right now. Me and Rich are going up against each other. You're, you're actually every, every time really I feel good. like I'm every time I feel like I'm catching up. You hey. just like it's kind of like I feel like I'm the Preds and you're cracking tonight because every you, time I feel like I'm catching up, you just like push me further away. But before we get into all that, before we get into our quick hitters, as Rich is over there, us. Uh, uh, um, laughing and giggling because he knows he's no, probably gonna win no it's funny because it, you, you're like so close i'm like, so close just like really just close. like the preds i'm so close all right before we get into that we got to bring up our sponsor DraftKings. here our DraftKings is an amazing sponsor we love DraftKings, and they are the official betting partner of the nfl and it was another week of nfl action and we got more nfl action coming up this week and Here's what we have for you. Just $1 on any NFL game can net you $100 of free bets this week. Uh, all, all that has to happen is someone has to score a point. And the last time an NFL game ended in a 0-0 tie was 1943. So your odds are pretty heavily in your favor that you're going to win this bet by using our promo code THPN. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager require one per customer. Restrictions apply to DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details and if you have a gambling problem please call 1-800-GAMBLER so yes we got that for you you can also do daily fantasy if you're not into into the betting on on lines and odds you can do daily fantasy you can it's a lot of fun to do the nhl part of it as well i know we're all hockey Mm -hmm. fans here you have a lot of fun on DraftKings with the nhl as well so yes 
Let's get into these NHL topics here. And I want to start with – oh, yeah, go ahead. Before we get going, I got to say something. I was wrong. Tampa Bay wound up beating Detroit. I thought ah. Seven – it was seven to six in overtime. Detroit missed the extra point. Detroit. Poor Detroit. Yeah, Detroit uh, actually uh, they lost, so Tampa Bay did did win. I said well, there lost. you go. Uh, well, what about Vasilevsky? What about Vasilevsky though? He doesn't look good so far. What oh, are we talking gosh. about? A slow start for him. I actually watched the Pittsburgh game when when um, they pulled him, like with six minutes left in the third period. He was sitting on the bench and he looked shell shocked. Like yeah. he did not. It doesn't know happen very often to him. Crazy. Does not happen very often. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about ESPN and TNT, their presentations of this opening week of hockey. Let's start with ESPN first. It was, first of all, hearing the theme song just gave chills down my spine as a, as a kid who was growing up in the nineties and started watching hockey. I remember that theme song so distinctly and it's just, it resonates with you. It yep. resonates with me as nostalgia because that's kind of when I first started watching hockey was right around when ESPN and the NHL kind of had their split up. was mm-hmm. around when I – I wasn't like a diehard hockey fan by any means, but I was definitely starting to take notice of it and watch it a little bit. I really liked the Red Wings back then just because I picked a random team and the Red Wings were a dynasty, so that's kind of why I, I went to the team that was really that's good. Right. I liked Steve Eiserman back in the day and all them, but – uh. But, yeah, so that was really cool to see. I thought ESPN did a good job until they oh, toyed yeah. with my emotions. I saw the shot counter up there, and I thought it was going to be up there for good, and then yeah. it just goes away. I saw your tweet, and I was like, yeah. you said, you said, oh, glad to see there's a shot counter. And then I looked, and I was like, I don't see it. I must have missed yeah, something. Yeah, they took it away. When I said that, that when, I glanced up and, when I glanced up and saw it, it was plain as day, and I assumed it was part of the permanent little score bug. And then I look up yeah. maybe 10 seconds later after sending the tweet, it's gone. Yeah. And I'm like, seriously, ESPN? Like, seriously? Yeah. But uh, I thought for the most part, ESPN did a good job covering it. I enjoyed uh, the coverage. Um, so I was watching it on the ESPN app on my television. And it started off, it was a little fuzzy. Like, it yeah. was like buffering or you, something. And I was you're like, using the ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus. Yeah. But, but on my TV, like, yeah, it, the app on TV, and it was a little fuzzy, but then it cleared up and it was fine. After that, I didn't have any problem at all. So we and had I, ES- I, Yeah. I enjoyed the coverage. I thought it was good. Um, I had, but, so I had ESPN Plus fired up on my TV tonight, streaming some games. And my buddy, who's the Dallas Stars fan, uh, Clayton Stewart, he, <laughs> want, he wanted to watch the Stars. So we watched the Stars and Rangers game for a little bit. And I mean, it, you're streaming it, so it's going to have some uh, lag to it. Yeah. But I was, I'm really impressed with the fact that ever so many games were available to watch tonight. If you're a subscriber to ESPN Plus, it's which amazing. is only seven bucks a month, which I'm not, I'm not trying to promote ESPN Plus. They're not no, like right. a, they're not like a sponsor or anything. But I was just impressed by how many options there were. Yeah. So I um, last season, I think it was last season, I bought the NHL. Uh, package center ice or whatever it's called it wasn't center ice it was it was like through like nhl network i guess and it was expensive like i got it halfway through the season and it was very expensive yeah but now like i don't know if this is you pay seven bucks and you get like i mean i don't i don't don't know I i don't know if this is like a full season thing or if they're just doing this early in the season to get everyone like roped in 
Oh, they better. But there were there were multiple. There were several games available tonight to watch if you had the ESPN Plus app, which is you can stream through your TV. So that was pretty cool to see. Now let's talk about TNT's coverage. Yes, they get a ten out of ten for me. They get an eleven out of ten for me. Yes, I mean the 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 whole the whole intermission report with uh, Wayne Gretzky and Charles Barkley was TV gold. I will sit and listen to Wayne Gretzky say anything. But it was it was so funny though. Reading. We tweeted it out, and you can go back and check it out. But we tweeted out the video where if you missed this intermission report, but they put Charles Barkley in Pecorino's pads. Yep. And they're in the studio. They give a stick to the great <laughs> one, Wayne Gretzky, and they're like, "Let's see how many times you can score on uh on Barkley and Net here." And of course, it's not like full force, right? Because you're in oh, a studio. Yeah. But uh, it was still really fun to watch. And Barkley is just such a naturally funny person. He, he can is. say pretty much anything and you're going to laugh. And uh, yeah. I really – I think he's a closet Preds fan. I really do. Yeah. Because he, he did good. go to – he did go to the Preds playoff games in the Stanley Cup year. So, I, I – there's something there. I don't know what it is, but he's got he, – I think he's a Preds fan. But anyway, I thought that was cool. They brought up uh, – they brought up Pecorine and the whole talk there, and it was fun. And they had a shot counter through the whole game. They did have a shot counter throughout the whole game. I like that a lot. This is – I know some people are skeptical over this, but I think the ESPN-TNT marriage here with with NHL is going to do wonders for it growing the sport, reaching the younger demographic, Mm -hmm. and also reaching uh, more fans who maybe – like the NHL is never going to reach NFL numbers. No. Or even NFL numbers, to be quite honest. Or uh, NBA numbers, I should say. Yeah, yeah. But if you can at least see the sport grow a little bit and get to more people and be available to more people. Because when it was on NBC Sports Network, nobody watches that channel very often. And it's like, you, you, even when a game's on national TV, NBC Sports Network just wasn't doing it. No. Just wasn't pulling it. Just wasn't doing it. And it was so, the NHL was largely a geographical regional market like we watch it because we're preds fans but like someone in like iowa or someone in a non-nhl market are they really going to watch nhl hockey probably not so this is a good way to get on a main network and get more eyeballs on the sport and and grow more fans and it's good for every team in the league it is i think they need to do um something to help the casual fan understand the game a little better. So, um, yes, I can get on board with that. So, yeah. I went to the preseason game, the Carolina game. And um, during a meeting at work, everybody was like, Oh, how was the game? And like all the people I was like, I said, I've been to NFL games. I've been to uh, professional baseball. There's nothing like going to a hockey game. And everything, everybody said, I would love to go to a game. I just can't keep up with it. And I don't understand it. That's and true. That, that is something that, that TNT and ESPN should do, like make it a little more. Um, I agree. You know, so. And, so those, and, and they've also, and, and it also falls on the players. The players got to do a better job of branding themselves. That's true. Uh, yeah. That's what the NBA does a great job at branding <laughs> their players. Um, the NFL does a decent job at it as well, but that's something that the, the, the NHL superstar players don't do a great job at really reaching out to the fans. And, yeah. and becoming those like larger than life types of Absolutely. you know, so yeah, so the player like Sidney Crosby or so the players the play the players have a part in this as well if they really want to grow the sport. 
Um, but still, I think it's great for the for the league that that they're on these big networks now, yeah. and they're going to get more they're they're going to get more eyes on them. Uh, just looking at the scoreboard tonight, this is Thursday. This is when a lot of teams are playing their first game. Uh, we've got let's see some scores here. The Kings are up on the Golden Knights. That's wow. pretty good there. Let's see is uh, is Arvidsson on the board here? No, we don't got an Arvidsson. We got. We're, I'm going to be keeping up on Victor Arvidsson all year. Absolutely. In, 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 uh, in L.A., he does have two shots on goal. That's good. So yeah, so Arvey's making his debut for the Kings. Let's see. We got uh, some other scores here. The Up Sabers, are, the, the, yeah. the hapless Sabers, got a win against the Canadians, five to one. Five the to Senators one. beat the Maple Leafs. That's a pretty big upset there. Uh, let's see what else we got. Let's oh, see. The Stars you, uh, beat the Rangers. Have you watched the that Toronto Maple Leafs documentary on Amazon? No, but I've heard about oh, it. Yeah, you should watch Is it. Good? It's really I got Amazon. Good. You should. You I got should Amazon, so I might need to check that out. It's really All good. Right. I'll have to get around to that. How about the yep. Blue Jackets putting up eight goals on those poor Coyotes? That's good. And uh, they did uh, – so I was watching a little bit of the pregame of that. Um, the goaltender, Merzlikens, was friends with uh, the guy that got killed. Uh, yeah. There was a Columbus Blue Jacket. He yeah. actually wore that guy's number. I can't – was it Kevin – I don't remember how to say his name, but he wore his me. number tonight. That's awesome. And then they hung a banner – in the in the arena and they actually won and he like when they won like he came out he got the second star Merge Leakins did and like he was crying and pointing up that's, to the sky. Wow. Really yeah it was awesome. Yeah that's that's it was really good. That really brings good. everything into perspective here, you know? Absolutely it does. <laughs> Very cool stuff yeah. there. Uh yeah so it's just it's I'm just on cloud nine that we got hockey back. Uh all yeah. night tonight I was treating it like a holiday. Just uh we had oh, we yeah. had because we had we had games on on my t- on my living room TV on my on my laptop on my I was trying to watch them all at once. It was a lot of fun. So it's it's a great day of the year to to have hockey back here and watching all the games. Uh, let's update everyone on our fantasy hockey league as we're rolling here before we end episode seventy one tonight of season two of Catfish and Ice. We're also on YouTube tonight. We've been streaming live on YouTube for our first time. Go so go if you could so go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We would really appreciate that. We have Very put nice. that out on Twitter. If you want to go, give us a subscription. We're actually going to do exclusive <coughs> video content for the YouTube channel that we will not do in normal episodes. Like we, I plan on doing little ten minute like little clips throughout mm-hmm. the season if something big happens. Uh, Rich yep. will jump on board with me with some of those as well. <laughs> they won't be episodes. They'll just be little clips of content. So stay tuned for that. We might do some rankings, some countdowns, just whatever comes up. You'll have to subscribe to the YouTube channel to check that out. So stay tuned for that. Let's let's get into these fantasy scores here. We got a 12-team fantasy hockey league. We've got all of our um, most loyal listeners are in on it, having a lot of fun talking hockey and and kind of trash-talking each other in our uh, group thread here. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, so me and Rich are playing against each other. How fitting in the first game of the of the of the hockey league, and I'm only down by six points now. I know, like I was up like a lot for the, for the longest time. I was down by like thirty points, and every time I thought I was catching up, I would just get knocked backwards again. But I think, uh, you're, gonna, I, I think you're gonna overtake me because so, you've got you've got uh, Kopitar from LA, and you've got Mark Stone from Vegas. They're playing. I don't have anybody. I'm, well, I'm done th- so this matchup, run, this matchup runs till Sunday. It's a, it's a, it's a running score. Yeah, 
but you'll probably so, I mean, take me tonight. I hope so. But I mean, yeah, Kopitar is doing good things for me. He's got me 16 points tonight. Um, Kucherov finally stepped up and got me some points. Kucherov laid an good. egg for me in the first game of the season he on sure Tuesday. Did. He was he was a ghost out there. I had to keep checking the box score to see if he was even playing. He was your ringer, too. Yeah, he was my first pick. But he he's yeah. coming together tonight. He put me up some points. Mark Stone is – I just love Mark Stone. He's one of my favorite players. Yeah. He's so fun to watch. I hate that he plays for Vegas, but I I'm love right. me some Mark Stone. He's he's doing good things for me. Haskinen, who I oh, is yeah, arguably one of the good. best young defensemen for the Stars. He put up some points for me. And my boy UC Soros had a rough night. It wasn't all his fault. But the fantasy scores don't care about that. They do not. And when you give up three goals, that really costs you a lot of points. But your guys, your guys struggle too. So yeah, I had uh, Sebastian Ajo today. Uh, he only got five points. Um, I do have Alex Ovechkin, thirty-two yeah. and a half points. Um, so that was amazing. Uh, it's gonna be Brandon fun following this. I had Tanev tonight, twenty-four points for him. Uh, but then we talk about uh goaltenders well actually i had Ekholm too he got nothing uh tony d'angelo got 15 and a half points talk about goaltenders mark andre Fleury. like i probably shouldn't have played him because he got roasted so he only wound <laughs> up with four points like he like i was watching the beginning of that game they were down three nothing in like 10 minutes and i was like i gotta say i'm starting to i'm starting to figure out that starting these goaltenders is actually kind of uh nerve-wracking because they can get you negative points Yes. So I started, uh, and then I, Peter Morazic was playing tonight for Toronto. He got hurt, uh, only two and a half points for him. But then I have um, Mike Smith from Edmonton played the other night, 17 points. So that was good. There you go. Uh, but it's going to be a close yeah. one. Let's look at some other I scores here. I'm doing. Let's look at some other scores here in our fantasy league. Uh, Chucky's Angels, which is uh, Lindsay. She's got uh, Vasilevsky on her team, so I'm sure she's pretty uh, – she's kind of probably banging <laughs> against the wall right now over Vasilevsky. But uh, she's winning her matchup right now over Groups Crackhouse. These names are just really funny. <coughs> they are funny. Uh, we, let's see. We got uh, Kentucky Lion Trash, which is uh, Matt Hardesty, a good friend of the show. He is tearing yeah, it up it. right now. He he's got a hundred. He's got 168 points, which is the most in the league right now. Yeah, and he's, and like he's pro- so he, who's on his get, team projected to get 265. He's got a stacked. He's got a good team. He's got Roman Yossi on his team. Oh, he had Nylander for Toronto. Yeah, Chris he's Crider. got a really all right. He's 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 opening uh, up a can there. He's Yossi, he's he's got the most points in the league. No, oh, he had a uh, Campbell, their goaltender for Toronto. 22 and a half points he got him for them. Yeah. yeah and then you've got good. the you've got the goon squad, which is uh Kyle Perkins' team. They're kind of in a slug fest. Slug fest right now. 85 to 72. Pretty low scoring <laughs> there with Ose Can Yose. Yeah. Which think, I believe is, that, is Ma- I think that is that I think that's Max Ritz. That's Max Ritz. All right, so we got a low scoring game there. But yeah, like I, like we were saying when we set this league up, we did, go back and listen to our episode where we did our fantasy draft. It was uh, really funny and really humorous as we all try to as we all try to do a as we all try to do a live draft fantasy draft while we were doing an episode. It was kind of hard, yeah, but um, but we've got a fifty dollar Amazon gift card and a t shirt or hat of the podcast going to the team that finishes the highest in the league. 
It's not myself or Rich. So that'll be fun for someone who can win that. So we'll update it. Fantasy hockey is a lot of fun, and we're enjoying it. It We'll keep trash trash talking each other. So, Rich, what do you think is the number one thing you're looking for as we end episode 71? What's the number one thing you're looking for going into Saturday's game against the Hurricanes? What's the number one thing you think they need to work on or improve on? Um, Not play Harper. I think they need to <laughs> – the the defensive lapses cannot happen. That and penalties. I, I really – between me, between me, you, and Kyle Perkins, I really hope that Ben Harper does not listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. He could, he could beat up all three of us at once. <laughs> oh, definitely. He would bounce me around. He would bounce my head around like a basketball if he He's if I ran into him in person. I, um, I – I hope that sincerely, sincerely hope that everyone in the national market listens to Catfish and Ice except for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, he's but a professional. It, whatever. He, I know. It's just, yeah, I know. I, I know. It's just, it just, it's not a good fit. For me, I'm going to go. Yeah. For, for me, I do agree with that. I do think they need to make a change on the third pairing going into this game. My big one is going to actually be special teams which I've been mm-hmm. saying for a while. Just uh, the power play looked decent. I just think that they've got to clean up. Uh, they've really got to work on this penalty kill more. they got to figure some things out. they got to mm-hmm. stay off the penalty kill. If, they, if, if, if it's going to be an issue, then they got to change the way they play. And yeah. like you were saying, we love Yakov Trent standing up for a teammate, but you got to you got to know when that's going to actually hurt your team. We love the, the fighting. We we love the fighting in certain areas, but it maybe in that moment it shifted momentum. I think this team has to calm down a little bit, not play quite as emotional. Yep. You know, there's a fine line yep. between playing with an edge and playing with a chip on your shoulder, but not playing so emotional that you're making mistakes. Yep. All right, so I got maybe, a quick question for you. Yes. I got a quick question. I'll go ahead and finish your finish your thought. Well, no, I'm just gonna say maybe dial it back a little bit in terms of not getting so overly amped up that you're making costly mistakes. Absolutely. So I got a quick question. How long do you leave Philip Tomasino on the roster? If, if oh, they continue I, to play I think you got, I, I think you got to give him a good five to 10 game stretch at least. Okay. Okay. Cause you're so, not going to get a really, you're not going to yeah, get a not. really good. You're not going to really get a good evaluation on him until you let him get a good stint. Now, Five or ten games in, if he's clearly struggling and he's not getting a lot of benefit out of it, mm-hmm. then I think – because he's not waiver eligible, so there's no issue with sending him to Milwaukee. Right. So it, it, I, I give it at least five games, minimum five games. Okay. Maybe yeah. even go as high as ten games. Yeah. If, he's su- if he's struggling so badly that he's costing the team games clearly, then obviously you got to make a decision and probably send him down to Milwaukee. But I don't mm-hmm. – you got to give it some time. A little bit, yeah, definitely. But if they All go right. on like a five-game losing streak, we'll see. It, de- it depends on whether it's his fault if he's the one that's, <laughs> that's, true. that's in, true. That, in that problem. But yeah. we'll see how that You're goes. Right. We're definitely going to monitor that. I, I know this lineup's going to be have to be shifted around a little bit, the depth mm-hmm. probably. So we'll, it'll be interesting to watch. This yep. has been episode seventy-one of Catfish on Ice. We hope everyone has a really good weekend. Uh, enjoy these uh, home games we got. We hope if you're going to Bridgestone Arena for these games that you're having a great time and that you're uh, enjoying seeing live hockey again. I'm hoping to get to a game here soon. Until then, we will see you next week for episode 72. Connect with us on social media at Catfish Ice and go subscribe to our YouTube channel.
channel. This has been Catfish on Ice, episode 71, season 2, the Hockey Podcast Network, and presented by DraftKings. Everyone stay safe.